welcome to this edition of the IUMI podcast. I'm Mike Elson. At this year's conference in Edinburgh, one of the highlights of the event was the workshop given by the Facts and Figures Committee, which covered a report on world trade and the merchant fleet, along with the annual marine insurance report. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by two of the key presenters of those reports. That's Jun Lin from Guard, who's the current chair of IUMI's Facts and Figures Committee, and also by Astrid Seltman from C4. That's the Nordic Association of Marine Insurance. And as many of you will know, Astrid is also vice chair of IUMI's Facts and Figures Committee and a long-standing compiler and analyst of IUMI's insurance statistics. So Jun and Astrid, welcome and many thanks for joining me. Um, You both covered a lot of ground at the conference. Uh, So let's start with you, Jun, if I may, and perhaps you could set the scene for us. Um, so what have been the key macroeconomic issues that marine insurers have had to face in 2022 and during this year so far? Uh, for the marine insurer, the, the key trend is uh, that the seaborne trade uh, volume growth has returned compared to a, a negative growth in 2021. Uh, in addition to that, for the macroeconomic trends, we see uh, what appears to be the first sign of easing of inflationary pressure and and also the, the, the beginning of a kind of easing interest rate rising environment. Uh, in terms of the, the overall uh, trade growth, we also see a change of a pattern. Uh, one aspect is the, the Russian-Ukraine war has changed the energy shipping, particularly the, the liquid uh, natural gas shipping uh, whereas before is is transported into Europe uh, via the pipeline. And now we're seeing more uh, LNG being traded through uh, the US and Middle East into Europe. And second thing we, we notice, and it's probably been reported a lot on the news, is the car export from China. Um, that the, These are the two main uh, trade pattern changes we also observed in 2022 and 2023. And in terms of changes to the global fleet, uh, what do we need to be aware of this year? Um, we're still seeing sort of the global fleet growth being quite slow. Uh, in fact, from what Clarkson's forecast, uh, the 2023 fleet growth will be around 2.1%, which is probably the, the lowest we have seen in recent year, even lower than the year we have the uh, 2020s pandemic years. Um Part, part of the impact from, from this slow fleet growth is the, the age profile of the global fleet is, uh, is getting, again, older. Um, but this is not an even pattern across the different sector. We're clearly seeing uh, more orders on, on uh, LNG vessels. Um, partially, this is also driven by the uncertainty in the adoption of um, new fuel solution, whereas... Uh, LNG seems to be uh, a clear choice at the moment for a, a dual fuel solution. Both you can carry as cargo and also use as a as a fuel to uh, to propel the vessels. Thank you very much. Um, and, and turning to you, Astrid, if I may, um, you've collected and analysed global premium income across cargo, hull, and offshore energy markets for many years. I mean, how are you seeing the global premium base developing, both by region and also by business line? 
Yes, so what we have seen now recently is an uh, increase in, in the uh, premium base more or less across the board, uh, both for cargo, hull and offshore energy. That is uh, partly driven by a little bit different factors. Uh, in, in cargo, of course, the uh, rebounding trade after the pandemic uh, comes in again, where, where you have volume increases in, in uh, the insurable, um, insurable cargo. Then uh, there have also been rate increases, I have been told, and uh, partly increases in, in uh, values. And for Hull, it's also partly um, because a reaction which has been to the negative results, which have been for quite a number of years, where uh, uh, the market is now sort of uh, going through these market cycles. But then, of course, the, um, for, for Hull, the increased vessel activity comes in again, that you have more vessels in activity. You had, uh, especially in the container sector in 21, 22, partly extreme value increases, which then also is passed through on the, on the premiums and when you apply the rates. And uh, offshore energy, of course, the oil price comes in there. So, so recently, I mean, the oil price has seen uh, some ups and downs in, in the past years. But now uh, there has been, uh, from like 2020 to 2022, there has been a quite strong increase. And then this, with a certain time lag, also induces new activity in the offshore market. And then this leads to more insurable volume also. So. We have uh, seen a number of increases across the board. And also when it comes to regions, uh, a strongest, strong, relatively strong increase in the European region, also North America, um, also Asia also, there is still some increase, but it has been slowing down more. And that is more or less uh, down to, to two big players, uh, China and Japan. And, and that is connected to exchange rates, because especially in 2022, the exchange rate against the Chinese uh, currency was a little bit unfavorable. Uh, and of course, there are some concerns about the economic development. We are going to see how this will turn out in the future. Yeah, and I guess it's true to say that loss ratios across all business lines were more positive in 2022 than we've seen for a few years. What's your take on that? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, the loss ratios, they consist of two different elements. Also, I mean, the one is a premium increase uh, or the premium development, which we just talked about. So there, as there have been increases on the premium side, of course, the income side is increased. Then this is uh, balanced against the uh, claim side. And on the claim side, we have had a comparably benign claims uh, environment for, for most uh, lines now in, in the past two years or so. In, in uh, Hull, it has been quite moderate, also relatively stable, not a uh, positive trend for, for repair costs over time. Um, there has been some increase again post-pandemic. Uh, um, uh, there was a particular dip in 2020, which was related to uh, reduced vessel activity in that year. But after that, uh, the claims activity has come up again, but not exceeding uh, the uh, pre-pandemic level. And uh, there has been relatively moderate uh, major loss impact in, in the past few years also, which also comes in here. Uh, we'll probably talk a bit more about this at the end, uh, that this may <laughs> be about to change again. But on the whole, also in, uh, I mean, offshore energy, uh, uh, also there were not 
that huge losses. There also the, of course, the backlog in offshore energy is quite long for losses, so it's a little bit difficult to say uh, uh, at this point how the last one or two underwriting years really are going to turn out. But from what we know so far, then uh, it it's, uh, still looks okay. And in, in cargo, I mean, there were a couple of years where we had relatively large accumulation losses in cargo, like the Tianjin and, and or fires or hurricanes or whatever. I mean, this has not quite been the case to, to that degree uh, of late. And um, as I said, the combination of both rate increases, inc increase in insurable volume and moderate claims impact has led to, to an improvement in the recent years. So, so a reasonably positive picture, which is uh, which is good. But I guess if it's not too simplistic to say, I mean, insurance is pretty much a balancing act, isn't it, between premium income and claims-related outgoings. And so what's your view, and you sort of touched on this a little bit, but what's your view on the current claims environment and how do you think that might change going forward? Yes, uh, you're absolutely right about balancing act. No, you have to, if you want to have sustainable results over time, you have both to watch the income side and, of course, the cost side, no, because it goes, goes together and not always parallel, <laughs> luckily. As I mean, in, in theory, the risk premium should be the expected claims cost of the forthcoming year for the forthcoming insurable period. In practice, this is not always the case because there are a lot of market drivers as well. But when we uh, look at claims isolated, as uh, yeah, as I pretty much already said, as there have been uh, repair costs for vessels have been comparably moderate, as there has been some post-pandemic increase, but not too much. Of course, we all have been worried a little bit about in inflation impact, and if you just look at the uh, development of the average claim cost, also the average cost of all the reported claims, then there has been some increase. But now Jun uh, said at the start that inflation is easing again, so hopefully uh, this will not get worse. But of course, for repair costs, inflation factors come in because it's the cost of spare parts of steel or uh, labor costs. So when if there is some inflation, this will come through in some way or other on, on the repair cost. So when it comes to major losses, also we, we have not seen uh, too many major losses. Also there have been some exceptions, which were particularly the fires on, on container losses or cover overall losses. Also fires had an adver a different um, development or trend in the frequency than, uh, than the other types of casualties. Also most types of casualties have had a favorable downward trend. But that had not been the case for fires in the past few years. And that is more or less connected to uh, the, the, the ever-increasing size of container vessels and car vessels. You know, as a, the more containers you have on a vessel, of course, this also increases the probability that you may have uh, a fire in one of the containers. And then we had a lot of discussions about how to extinguish uh, fires you know, because uh, it's, it's not optimal on board of these huge vessels and in order to detect fires, particularly in the cargo and, and extinguish these. And then also I have been told also in the engine room also that engines on the huge vessels, they are more complex than engines on smaller vessels. So also even if engine rooms of course, there has been a lot of focus on that before, so, so they have fire extinguishing possibilities, but still it seems to be more complex and may cause uh, higher losses. Uh, 
But uh, on the whole, as we have had a relatively positive to moderate loss trend, and um, but of course, uh, the going forward, as with increased vessel activity, then uh, and also we we had these huge value increases in between, uh, and we have ever growing vessels which lead to higher values. So if you have total losses, then these will, of course, turn out uh, as higher losses again. And, and this potential is absolutely uh, existing now that we will see more of that again going forward. Yeah, so still some uncertainty and change um, go, go, going forward. And I guess, you know, we're seeing a lot of environmental change as well, you know, across the board, um, June. And... Um, I suppose it's true to say that the offshore energy market is probably set to face more challenges in the future as the world and society transitions from an oil-based economy to one that relies more and more on renewables. So, I mean, in your view, how do you think that will affect the offshore energy market and offshore energy underwriters? I think let's not forget the the transition is a long one. So um, whereas insurance tend to be quite transactional, uh, in the short term, the the impact will be quite gradual and, and, and slow. Uh, but we are seeing um, a build-up of um, kind of offshore wind farms sort of gradually being written into what's traditionally an offshore energy team. Uh, on, on a slightly less sort of a, uh, kind of uh, level, um, the, the, the offshore energy also cover the, uh, the gas production. So, so as we see our well, gas being a, a kind of a transition fuel in this whole energy transition pieces. So the offshore energy market will still uh, play an important role of providing insurance coverage in there. The risk picture is quite different for offshore wind farm vis-a-vis the traditional EMP risk. Uh, we, we tend to see more on sort of cable damage or um, um, so it's more attritional claim uh, than catastrophe claims which traditionally see in offshore um, offshore energy insurance. So that's the kind of thing that the, the underwriter will have to face is a change of risk picture as well. And let's just stay with, um, with, with our look into the future because, I mean, marine insurers are likely to be impacted by a range of issues, both shipping or cargo related. I mean, as well as the wider economic and political concerns as we move forward uh, into 2024 and uh, beyond. I mean, Astrid, in your view, what are the main issues we need to look out for from a market perspective? Yeah, we have, of course, as a with the increase in activity, of course, we also have the potential for having uh, more cl- higher claims frequency or more costly claims going forward than what uh, John touched upon in the beginning. There have been uh, has been a change in trade patterns done, which... Um, which leads to a, a change in how how uh, far the vessels travel or how far things are transported or where they are transported and that may of course also impact the uh, the uh, claim side and and other features or also capacity as I mean most may also lead to to uh, some influence on on the income with when the vessels are going, as we have seen that's partly for tank vessels that they are going longer distances. Uh, that means that uh, the supply may perhaps be a little bit scarce and uh, not quite match demand and that influences everything. 
Then of course in, in cargo something which is not going away is of course the accumulation issue um, that you have uh, you have uh, bigger vessels you have more uh, cargo accumulated for example in, in the same port or, or in, in places so when an event hits such a place then of course you will have a higher accumulation loss in, in the place it may be port or, or, or vessel or whatever. Uh, this brings us to to the <laughs> climate change, uh, which which has a lot of issues. That of course it may cause higher higher costs to to the insurers on the claims side, but of course so that is also what is also driving the the change now with the uh, decarbonization issue. And uh, this leads to new risks for for insurers. Of course, I mean we are in in a way interesting period right now because. Uh, when the propulsion systems and the fuels have to change, then of course we have, uh, within a very short time span, we have risks we do not quite know how they react. Also, also when it comes to traditional engines, we have a lot of statistics and historical claims experience, so we can monitor that quite well. Now, but of course, when, when propulsion systems and a lot of technical things on the vessel changes, and I mean, it's not only propulsion, it may also be other things then these are new risks which you cannot also which you need to assess but in a different way than just relying on historical data of course no? so that is what we are all uh, uh, <laughs> thinking about now how to assess these risks uh, but it's very exciting of course as well and, and in the end it's about it, it's about risk assessing and risk handling dana it's it's not i mean all insurance is about risk handling now so so we have to try to get the knowledge and and that is what we are all working working on uh, on ourselves and within the iomi context then of course we have the these fires as i mean we are working on the fires um, of course the, the, there is an increased probability for having such fires with with bigger vessels and everything but on the other hand there have been a lot of initiatives underway already also there have been uh, projects to assess the the risk on car or row vessels there have been projects for container vessels then ayumi has supported was was uh, statistics uh, which which were produced from uh, by C4 to uh, support an um, output by IMO to improve um, firefighting uh, possibilities on board uh, such vessels or, or construction uh, things. Of course this is always you have a little bit a long timeline for such things but uh, it, it, uh, it is well underway I should say. Then we have the inflation issue, which, uh, as Jun now said, is uh, easing again. But in 2023, I, I think we may still see some effect of it, now because uh, this would then be the easing would be more visible probably again going forward. Where would in, uh, for the results in 2023, I might possibly expect some some infl inflation increase uh, impact. Um, then uh, the, the other question is, of course, the capacity issue in the market. No, I mean, that's nothing uh, I can steer. That's up to the underwriters. But uh, we all know well Then, if we have a couple of uh, years with rather positive results, then this will also probably attract more capacity in the insurance market again. So this may uh, influence also the income side again. And uh, 
of course, the uh, I mean, when it comes to like vessel values, that has been swinging quite a lot. As I mean, the uh, particularly the container vessel segment was very interesting because it has it had these in, in, in extreme increases of up to 30% for for two years, but that has already come down again, uh, and uh, so. And that is, of course, also directly related to the income side. And then, of course, we have all the geopolitical risk, which, uh, I mean, the whole situation is getting ever ever more complex and uh, difficult to assess. Uh, and that influences trade routes, that influences where cargo comes from and where it is going to. It, it's higher risks for vessels going somewhere. We had a lot of discussions about war, how to assess that. So, so um, there are a lot of interesting issues going forward. Yeah, very comprehensive response. Thank you for that. Um, anything, anything you'd like to add? I think Astra sort of covered mo most of the, the big ticket questions. Um, so geopolitics is important. The, the general economic uh, environment is important. Uh, the new technology adoption is important because... Uh, to, to add on to what Ash just said about uh, the lack of experience, I think we, we can also think structurally that um, with the current propulsion system, it's it's quite standardised. Everyone's sort of well understood the design of the engines and how, how to repair them. If we have a divergence of um, um, kind of a, a propulsion fuel design, we, we might actually see a, a longer sort of lead time for repair because... It also takes time for for people to understand, or, or having the, the right capability to to allocate around the world to uh, to be able to repair some of these new newly designed vessels. Uh, in addition to that, um, perhaps one thing we we will face in the future is the new type of risk. Um, we, we all understand that um, uh, the vessels are becoming more connected, if not the vessel himself, but at least there's some of the systems on board for. Uh, cargo manifestations or um, kind of like the route planning, uh, fuel optimization. So we, we may we may see uh, new risks sort of coming into the IUMI space uh, in, in the form of cyber risks. Um, so that's also something worth monitoring and, and look out for. No, thank you very much. I mean, look, that's pretty much brought us to the end of the discussion. But let me just ask if you have any final comments that either of you would like to make. Astrid, anything from you before we wrap up? Um, I think I have covered most of the issues I was talking about. I mean, to just to wrap up, as we live in a complex world with a lot of influences, all the different things which happen in trade and shipping, and they all influence insurance, and part of these, they influence the income side, and part of these influence the uh, cost side, and so it's it's all quite complex, and it's getting even more complex. Yeah, absolutely. And Jim, anything from you? Um, we, I think we covered it quite well. Um, what we look forward to, to the next sort of Ayumi, is to also get get in some new perspective, uh, because one one of the issues being talked about in the industry is the talent. Uh, the, the kind of like the succession planning, uh, if you may. Um, I think we have seen some interesting people so giving uh, their contribution in recent Ayumi conference. So uh, we, we look forward to see uh, kind of new influence as well. So on top of the, the data analytic company like the Considerers or Windwards and 
uh, all these are interesting perspective we we can add onto the facts and figures we look forward to see any new ideas that might come through it's a nice positive note to end on um well look thank you both very much for your time and for giving us such a clear and comprehensive insight into the current marine insurance environment um, i should say that the presentations given by june and astrid together with elements of iumi's major claims database will be published uh, very shortly in this year's iumi stats report and that will be available to download from the website within the next couple of weeks. So please do look out for that. But in the meantime, thank you, Astrid. Thank you, Jun. And thank you for listening. And be sure to catch us next time for another IUMI podcast.